Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Ryan Garrett. Ryan is a 36-year veteran financial advisor and retired partner of Edward Jones in South Boston, Virginia. Ryan has been in leadership roles most of his career, and he is used to working 100 hours a week. Ouch. Welcome, Ryan. How are you today? (laughs) I am great. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, most boomers, I, I... Whatever trap that was that was set long ago. Yep. You <laughs> fell right into us, it. <laughs> 100 hours a week is just the, how we grew up, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so we're recording this podcast to air on President's Day, February 21st. And I invited Ryan to be my guest because of his ties to the military. I believe your interview is a wonderful way to honor our presidents. So, Ryan, now that you are 60 and used to working 100 hours a week, what is your plan for the future? Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about what we are doing. I'll, I'll definitely talk about the team that uh, that we've created. But you're right. It's, you know, 100 hours a week. I'm, I'm just so used to that. Oh my gosh, my dad did that too. And, and I apologize to my kids for, for that DNA. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though i'm just built to do that i'm there's there's again there's a whole lot of whole lot of boomers that are, are doing the same thing that are at this point in their careers where at least for me I, i've i've rung most of the bells that i that i can ring I, i'll continue as a financial advisor i i hope till you know seriously for for a very long time i hope i'm 85 and still in my chair as long as i have my marbles but you know, eventually there are things that, you know, to, something else to explore. And um, I'm actually in uh, the last chapter of Lisa Kipps Brown's book, uh, Disruptor Now. And that, it, that last chapter talks about sort of the what's next, you know, after, after uh, mostly reaching the, the heights that I could reach in leadership and, you know, just production in, in my own world as, as an advisor, you know, what, what else is, is out there? I was in leadership, did, as I said, you know, hundred hours a week doing other things. Well, when I retired from leadership, I was back down to working and say 40 hours a week. It felt like part-time, right? Right. right. <laughs> or at least, at least, you know, emotionally and, and mentally, it, it felt like part-time. And I, I really needed something else to fill that with. The, the cool part about this, and it, and it really is so much fun, is that as we'll talk about throughout this this podcast, it, this is really centered around um, our family's tie to the military and my son, the youngest son, who is is racing. So he's a he's a NASCAR driver, road racer, all kinds of things. And again, I, we'll talk about that. But being able to focus on a, a passion that you know is, is really really helping those that are helping the rest of us live the American dream. Right. Right. 
to be able to help them live the American dream is, is really what the focus has been has been about. Right. So it's called the Rosie Network, correct? Well, that's one that's of one the of that's yeah. one of the organizations that we're helping. Actually, our organization is is really the Eleven Eleven Veteran Project. So it's the Eleven Eleven Veteran Project, but it really says Colin Garrett's Eleven Eleven Veteran Project. He's he's the race car driver, mm-hmm. and so he's really the one that's promoting this and supporting it through the the platform of NASCAR and and other racing. And Eleven Eleven, I mean, just very. Very easily, right? Most people recognize that for Veteran's Day, so it's 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 an easy it's an easy logo to look at and say, "Hey, I I think I know what that is." Right. In fact, he was Colin was racing down at in in Austin at the uh, Circuit of, of the Americas in December, and there was a police officer from Richmond who happened to see Colin's uniform, his fire suit, mm-hmm. that had a eleven eleven on it. And he was intrigued and looked it up, looked up Colin on, on the internet and found out what it was about, emailed me and I called him right away. We talked for probably half an hour. He said, once I found out what you were doing for military families and first responders, I want in. And that's what we see. That's what we find mostly is once people understand what we're trying to do for military and uh, first responders, right? they're all in. They're all in. So I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, because we do want to help. We realize how much they give up for us. And some of them give their lives. And especially during 9-11, firefighters, um, a lot of them were killed in that. So we want to be able to give back. So we look for ways. And this is one way that the average citizen can help out. Right. And so there's things that that even we're not aware of or we're vaguely, faintly aware of that we've become passionate about now that we that we realize how we can help. So our two older sons are both captains in the the army. One's deployed now in uh, in Poland. The other one just got back. Gosh, just a few days ago from being in, in Kuwait. So you know, so they're young in their careers. You know, not, we're not really thinking a lot about some of the the issues that other veterans and Certainly, we weren't thinking at the beginning of this, we weren't thinking about folks that were actively deployed. Our thoughts were really on veterans, where that, that's, that's where the, the focus started. And so when we met Stephanie Brown, who is, is um, the CEO and, and the founder of the Rosie Network, that's where our thoughts really began to expand about what is needed and, and could be done for both veterans and active military families. So we were at the beginning, we were focused very much on those who had served. Well, mm-hmm. families serve. Absolutely. Right? The serving, right? Absolutely. So they give up so, their family life. They give up their husbands for, you know, a year more at a time. They're overseas and they don't see them. So they absolutely serve. They sure do. And then so so here's a, a, just a quick example. But, you know, Stephanie would let's say she needed a plumber while her husband was deployed. And she wanted to hire a veteran who was a plumber. Well, at that time, 10 years ago or better, there was no way to identify whether the plumber you were about to call was a veteran. Well, she started Rosie's List, which we're going to compare it to like Angie's List. But, you know, we're a vetted business. So you, you, you would know who you were calling or hopefully know as much as you could know. Well, if you call Rosie's List or look up Rosie's List, those are verified 
a military family. So there could be the, the a veteran, could also be a military spouse owned business. There's well over 50,000 rosy businesses today. But now you have a, a way, you have a, a list that you can go to. And if you want to support a military family, that there's the perfect way to identify whether, you know, whether you're hiring someone that's uh, that was helping you live your best life, right? And, right. Uh, and can help them. But the other thing that we that we learned, hadn't really thought of this, is it's very difficult for military spouses to get and keep a job. They're, Absolutely. Right? They're, there's, they're often, right? They're the only one at home. So they may be taking care of kids and, and just other responsibilities at, in, in the household, but also either need to or want to have a job. And uh, Stephanie really recognized that many of them could start their own businesses, mm-hmm. right? It's a portable, often the opportunity right. to have a portable business, something that they could do when they could. So right. uh, within the 24 hours, they're able you know, to do whatever that business is. So right. she really helped us learn about military families and the challenges that they're going through and ways for us to support entrepreneurship. And I think one thing that the average public does not understand is if your spouse, usually a female member is the spouse, is a teacher or a nurse or a hairdresser or a realtor, they get licensed in the state they're in. So when they're moved, they can't work until they get a new license. It's not easy. And some of the licensures, things are very difficult to do. And you might have to put in more time and hours. So it's not like you think, oh, well, you're a hairdresser. You can be a hairdresser anywhere. No, you can't. No, you can't. It's not easy. Same thing as nurses are the same way. Teachers, they're all licensed by their individual state, not by the United States government. So when they move to another state, now they've got to figure things out. That's another roadblock in their way. It doesn't make it easy for spouses. It really doesn't. Exactly. And to have a network of Mm -hmm. tens of thousands of people in the Rosie Network for these folks to turn to, it's just something we, we want to support. We, we want to make that happen. One of the biggest things they, they have as, as a program is called um, Service to CEO. And it, it's essentially a training program for those, again, either, either coming out and now as a veteran or, or military spouses to, to train them to start their own business. A tremendous program. In fact, I have a couple of friends who, who live here in, in our town that are going through that program right now. I mean, just a, an astounding program. I think, and I, 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 I should have, I should have looked this up. I, I think there's eight rosy chapters around the country right now. But anyway, those are those are uh, chapters where folks can go and learn how to start a business. And of course, with COVID, there's you know you, you can do it virtually now as well, right? So Ro- Rosie's adapted. <laughs> Everyone's learned to adapt and pivot. And a lot of people that had regular jobs are now starting their own businesses for that very reason. You know, it's portable. You can do it from anywhere. You don't have to depend on a company. So, um, So I think it's great for the military people to get involved because it is difficult getting a job once you come out. It's not that easy. Um, to take your military skills and try and turn them into skills that you can work for a private company. They're out there, but it's not as easy as people think. So this way they can just spouse or the military can start their own business. It's great. Well, and, and as Mike Evox, so we'll talk just a second here, but we'll come back to 
Racing for Heroes as well, maybe uh, a little bit later too, but just, just for the moment. So Racing for Heroes is another organization that we have we have helped quite a bit over the last several years. But as, as Mike Evok has talked about, who's the, the founder of, of uh, Racing for Heroes, task and purpose, task and purpose, a, you know, a m- massive part of their lives, right? As, as, as they you know, go around the world taking care of us and doing the things that need to get done. Right. And right when they come home, there's often that the gap, a, a loss Absolutely. of task and purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so racing for heroes really gives gives veterans a tribe. It gives them folks that know exactly what they went through and helps them find task and purpose again. Um, so anyway, that's it, it, we we started out thinking, okay, we want to help stop veteran suicide. Mm-hmm. That that was our focus, right? And maybe naively, and I don't really mean it that way, but just you know, that it was it was the focus at, at the right. beginning. We have learned over the last three years as we've really tried to help, you know, especially these two organizations, but others as well, that it's access to so many different things that they need. We even have one of our websites is Access Saves Lives. And we realize that, you know, access to entrepreneurship opportunities, access to a tribe, access to, you know, healthcare, you know, medical um, opportunities, all kinds of things that really help military families. So it, it became more of a, a focus for us to help really show what's out there. And many of these things are, are offered for free for, right. for all these military families, right? So, right? so just helping them understand and find the access point to the things yep. they need. There's incredible things out there available and, and many have no idea. And they don't. And a lot of times veterans, like even when you are still in the service, trying to access some of the things you're entitled to, it's hard to find. And I have a niece who her husband was in the service and he came out and they were having some health issues. They were trying to get help. The help's there. I know it's there, but they don't get enough support finding it. It's not easy. So, and once you're out, the support's totally gone. Like when you're in the military, there's support, but as soon as you're out, it's gone. So it's great that they can have their tribe and have those support networks and ask other personnel, other veterans, what did you do? How did you handle it? Because it's, there's a lot, a lot of changes. And it's just like what the baby boomers are going through right now. They're retiring from their regular job and now they want to figure out now, what do I want to do? I still want to, yeah, I still want to have a purpose in life. I still want to do a lot. I'm not dead. I could live another 30 years or more. What am I going to do now? So I can totally relate to military people coming out of the military and now they're like, okay, now what? And there's not a lot of help out there for them. They're really, or it's there and they can't find it. So I love your support networks. I think that's great. Right. And so enter the race team, right? So, mm-hmm. so the whole platform is Colin Garrett racing, right? That he's the one who is bringing this, the, the opportunity to the, you know, his platform, essentially NASCAR and, and again, other road racing opportunities that he has. He's the one that is bringing this to, to the world through him racing. We're able to reach to find those folks to, to, to show what's out there in a venue where people are going because it's fun and they enjoy racing and, you know, they're, they're having a good time. However, it's intriguing because when we so 
so far, I'll tell you, I've, I've spent, you know, a, a lot of money. We'll just put it that way <laughs> of my own money <laughs> so far doing this. Um, but, but the, what it's, it's a crazy idea too. I mean, I'll start with that. This is kind of nuts. Here's what we really would like to do. We're trying to find people and like me and, and many others that, that might be willing to do this is we'd love to have our race cars only have veteran or military spouse companies on the car. That's and, a great idea. Well, and, and a lot of them can't afford to do that, right? Yeah. So what we're looking for is, again, to my own horn for a minute here, but, but you know, I, I spent a lot of money on, on putting logos on race cars and almost none of the money has come from the, the veteran-owned companies. Some can afford a little bit, and, and right. so that's been great. They've been able to help. But the exposure that we're able to give them is multiples of even what what they could give. And we have had some other you know folks that just want to help military families and think that this is a, a neat way to be able to get that out there. One for their companies at all, right? Just just to have the marketing opportunities for these veteran and mill spouse owned companies, but also again to get this in front of others in a unique way. And we've asked any corporate sponsors if uh, if we're going to have you know, a partnership with a corporate, maybe a typical corporate sponsor for NASCAR uh, race, that they would allow us also to support military or, or, or veteran-owned uh, companies. And I guess I should say, you know, first responders too. We haven't had any yet, but certainly we, we would we'd put them all in the same in, right. in the same bucket. We think of them all the same way. Right. Well, I'll tell you, in this area, policemen, firefighters, they all have side jobs. They do. So yep. they, they have their own little business already while they're working. So they're working double. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of um, it's a lot of stress, but they have to do it to support their families. So. Exactly. Well, and and even just a, a little twist on on access. So um, Hobie Wedler. So Dr. Hobie Wedler, fascinating guy. He's blind. And he, and if you look him up again, what a neat guy. But but he was a, a corporate sponsor that we were able to help, and, and he helped us as well. But we had the first first NASCAR with Braille. On, oh wow! On so there's some cool videos. Oh my gosh! Just brings tears to your eyes to see Hobie as he's touching Colin's name. So it, if if you if you're into racing, you'd know this, but if you're not, I'll tell you. So over the door um, is is the race, the driver's name, right? right. So Colin Garrett o- over his door, but over the passenger door, we had Colin Garrett, but we had it in Braille. And the video of Hobie as he's, you know, touching this and reading right. it, oh, it just, I mean, I knew, I watched him do it. I cried uh-huh. then. <laughs> exactly. I saw the video. Try it again. Try right? it again. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is touching. Oh, that really is. So touching. Wow. The, when, when he, so, so I stood behind Hobie and he put his hands on the car as it started up. Oh, wow. And, I mean, just for him to feel that rumbling, you know, the vibration. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. It was, it was so cool. So again, my, my point is a whole lot of folks, whether you're first responders, military families, but there's, there's a lot of people that need help and, and access to things that are out there. So, yes. so we've, we, we had, we had a, a couple of companies that, that said, Hey, we love your idea and we'd like to expand that and, you know, help us um, show what we can do as access. It's certainly, 
our products give access to military families, but they give access to a whole lot of folks. In fact, it was kind of wild. They, they said that one in four people need some sort of help just accessing the internet. How wild is that? Wow, that is right? wild. Some never, challenge. Yeah, never guessed that. And right. I'll tell you, boomers, like I've kept up on, on the internet and how to do things. My husband hasn't, so he doesn't even know how to get on anymore. It's a right. shame because you've got to stay on it, keep active, learn new things as they come up. Otherwise, it's too overwhelming to catch up later on. You just exactly. really have to stay with it. So that's right. Well, yeah. it just, you know, it's just another another slight twist as we talked about access and we mm-hmm. had somebody who was not in the military family at all who said, hey, that's cool. That's unique. And, and we want to help. So just just an, another way to do that. We actually crowdfunded. So the, the first so two years ago, I guess, when we went to Daytona, Colin was was going to have his first run at Daytona and we actually crowdfunded the car. No one had really done that before. They other teams have done some crowdfunding. We uh-huh. literally we raised two hundred thousand dollars and gave the opportunity to you know what we sort of call the micro businesses, I guess, but like almost a hundred businesses. Most of them hmm. were military or mill spouse families who all contributed somewhere between you know ten dollars and a thousand bucks. We raised two hundred thousand hmm. dollars through people who felt maybe for the first time that they really were helping to put a team on the track right. that they had a connection to. It, yeah. That was just so cool. I mean, it was, yeah. anyway. That so is, so you feel good about the, the racer and the car, and then you also feel good about the military families that are helped. So it's a win-win situation. It, it really is just a, a, a holistic system that we've tried to create. You know, we, we talk about the entrepreneurship, obviously, we've talked about that. Job training and placement. So the, again, just talk about racing for heroes for for a second. But you know, that's a big part of of their world is you know taking folks again who who are feeling like they're missing task and purpose. There's a lot of job training. They'll, I mean, literally, they'll just come to the shop and just start pitching in, and whether it's helping with the with a, a race car or whatever else that they're doing, that they become you know part of a tribe again. Maybe learn a skill or, or hone a skill, and now they feel good again. They feel like they have a family again, have task and purpose, and they go out and get a job. So, oh my gosh! That, the, yep, all they need is the support, and and feeling part of a tribe is big. Is it because when you're in the military, you are part of the military? People look up to you, and you you know, and then you leave, and all of a sudden now you're back to being nobody again. So you need that tribe. You really do. It's I'm sure it's very, very helpful. Yeah, and, and to see to see Colin become a part of that. So here, here's another cool thing about him. Gosh, I, I haven't even really talked about him. I get I, I'll tell I'll I'll go back in a minute. <laughs> give, <laughs> give a little history, but let me finish the thought I was on. So so Colin is actually working with Racing for Heroes. They they do training um, for you know three letter agencies and and active military and. And whatever, so he does uh, driver training for for them. Ooh. So to see him, so he, again, his his two brothers are at, you know serving uh, actively. It's so cool to see Colin be a part of that as well in his own way, where he's teaching Marines or he's teaching Swicks or or SEALs, you know, evasive driving and and all those kinds of things that he's good at that he knows how to do. 
that right. he is able to, in, again, in his own way, serve the military. Cool. Uh, that is cool. Isn't that's, that neat? Yeah, right. Brad, very gratifying. You must feel very proud as a, a father of all three of them. I, I am, but here, here's here's the cool part too, is that you know they'll maybe train in for a week, and Colin never tells them, you know, hey, I'm a race car driver. Zero. I mean, he, in fact, he probably embarrassed to say it, right? Because he's got, he's there with a bunch of swicks, right? I mean, those guys are the ones that come in and, and get the seals out, right? So, right, right. So he's sitting there, it's, it's maybe halfway through the week and he's thinking, man, these guys are badass, right? I mean, and then someone, invariably, one of the guys there will say, so uh, y'all going to watch Colin race on Saturday? And they're like, what do you mean? They like, well, he, he's racing on Saturday at like Michigan. It was one of them, right? And and then he'll be at Daytona the week after that. And they all look at him and they're like, seriously? You're like... So then they're, the rest of the week, they're thinking, man, he's badass, right? right, so... right. <laughs> Works both ways, which is great. <laughs> but it's really cool that, that that's not, I mean, that's not a part of, he, he's not doing it for that reason at all. In fact, right. I, I'm, I, I know that he, he's feeling like those guys, what they're doing for us is, is, is more than racing. But anyway, it's just, it, it's cool to see him be a part of the world that his brothers are, are in. And honestly, really every generation, I think probably in both sides of our family served, except me. I just happened to grow up in that, that weird period, right? For, I, I was right. in high school from 75 to 79. Yep. Right? Everything stopped with Vietnam and yep. nothing really happened. I, I, I was in that first group. I think those of us in 79 had to go and, and sign up, you know, selective service with the uh, hostages in Iran right. uh, that, that kicked it off again. Yeah. But you know, I, I was never, I was never called to serve it at that point. So I, I'm like the only one in our family <laughs> generations, wow. both sides now, right. That, that didn't serve. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, I was in high school. I graduated in 68. So a lot of, you know, kids I went to school with served and uh, my brothers, I had three brothers in the service. So one, only one went to Vietnam, but all three were in the service. So and of course, my father was too, because World War II, all the men were in, were in the service one way or another. So, yeah, my, I mean, my dad was Marine, my uncle's a Marine, and this, you know, just all these yep. folks. And I just happened to land right there where, where we were didn't. lucky. So, yeah. Well, I guess, but, but my point is, you know, I, I, I'm thrilled to be able to do my part in the way I can. Yes. At this point, right? I mean, obviously right. with, with the boys, but anyway, it's just, just it, it makes us all feel like we're, we're doing our part. Right. And I think boomers are always looking for ways to help out and and to give back to their communities. And this is a good way, even if they just look for veterans through the Rosy Network and they don't do anything else, that's still helpful. So that's a way anybody can help now and feel a little bit better because we always want to help, but we never know how. Like, how are you going to help the military? We don't know how to do it, but this is a way we can help. And I promise you that if you asked me four years ago, five years ago, or told me that I was going to be, you know, trying to create this NASCAR team, right? And and it was going to be all focused around, you know, no, we, we don't want any sponsors. We want partners, and it's all going to be focused on the military. And right. you know, we re- what we really want are folks who you know will help and don't even want their name on the car. Let's 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 help all these you know military families you know have this opportunity. I mean, it's a crazy business model, right? But right. Well, NASCAR, there's so many people that love racing around the world. It's much bigger than most people realize. We think of football and baseball being big, but I think NASCAR is way bigger than either one of them. Yeah, it's it's huge. There's a lot of fans 
all over the world. So it is huge and it's a great way to help out the military. I love well, it. And, and 25% of the fans are, are veterans. Right? So, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it really is huge. And for us, again, the reason that I, I, I never would have dreamed this is because Colin didn't start racing until he was uh, almost 15. So all the people he's racing against, or most of them, started racing when you know, go-karts when they were four years old, right? So yeah, yeah. Colin didn't start racing until he was 15, set the speed records here at South Boston, won the track championship, and suddenly here we were, you know, going to run K&N, which is, which is the ARCA series now, and then racing Xfinity, which if you know about racing, but, you know, it, it's the... The, the, you know, cup is the top level and Xfinity would, would be next. Um, he was doing that his fourth year of racing. Mm, so I, I always say with the, with the T-ball analogy or, or with little league analogy, most people can relate to that. I say he started t- playing T-ball and four years later, he was playing minor league triple A ball, right? Yeah, that is <laughs> amazing. Nuts. He, he has, you know, he has this incredible talent but that we've turned this into something that, that helps others was really important to me. I, I told Colin I would help support his, his, his passion and help support his career, but it, it couldn't just be to sell products. And there's nothing wrong with selling products. Right. And it right. couldn't be just to entertain. Right. And there's nothing wrong with entertaining. I mean, NASCAR is entertaining. But I, I wanted it to mean something else. And of course, I'm talking to him when he was, you know, 15, 16 years old. He, he grasped this as much as a you know, 15, 16 year old could. But today at 21, he, he really does have a sense of, of what he's, his responsibility is and, and, and what he's, he's really trying to create for others. And that he knows because NASCAR, I mean, incredibly expensive sport too. Oh yeah, can, absolutely. Yeah. We, I mean, our family, we, we, you know, we've done well, we, we, no way can we do this, you know, on, on our own. So, so we have to have partners to help with this but we don't, we want partners that want to, that see this holistic opportunity to help military and, and first responder families. Right. Right. So tell me where can the, my audience contact you, give us some of the websites for like Rosie's network and uh, the racing network so that if they're interested after hearing today, they know where to go. Right. And, and you certainly don't have to support our race team. I mean, you can go right to uh, the Rosie org and, you know, support them directly. Um, mm-hmm. racingforheroes.org and support them directly. If you like what we're doing and, and the, this seems interesting to you for either um, your business or for other things that are important to you, then 11-11vets.com is probably, that, that's the one that'll get you to most places. Certainly Colin Gear at racing.com uh, will get you there too, but um, 11-11vets.com. We had to do the dash. You, you can't do the. No, the you can't do the slash. <laughs> you have to learn to innovate, right? <laughs> but that's yeah. great. So, and all that contact information will be in the show notes for those of you listening, but you don't have a pen and paper around. So you can find that at kickassboomers.com. Click on Ryan's picture and then the show notes will pop up. So we'll have all of this contact information there for you so you can find it all. So thank you, Ryan, for being my guest today. And thank you for doing so much work to support our military and their families, past and present. I think that's a 
really important project. It's not easy for them to transition to the private sector when they come out. So any help that they can get is really valuable. So thank you for helping them out. And thank you for introducing us to the Rosie Network and racing and all of that. I hope my audience reaches out and gets involved. I really do. Well, we couldn't owe them Right. And anymore. I mean, those those families have just given and given and given. And they here's have. an opportunity in a fun way uh, to give back to those families. Yep. Thank and you it so doesn't much. take much. And it doesn't That's take much. So thank so you. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. And thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.